Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Open World. So today we have another amazing guest. She has been in the video game localization industry since 2010, covering various roles from marketing intern and translator for online games at Google and Bigpoint to senior multilingual localization specialist at Electronic Arts, managing large multilingual titles such as FIFA to program manager for the game department, games department at Alpha CRC. Having experienced both the client and the service provider side of the industry, she recently decided to become a freelance translator and consultant and is currently working as a conference manager for Game Global Summit a conference dedicated to video game localization and QA. In November 2020, she will start teaching the Game Localization Masterclass for the Localization Institute. Wow. So um, our guest holds a BA in translation and MA, an NMA in conference interp interpreting, which she obtained in Italy and has spent the last 10 years living and working first in Germany and now in beautiful Barcelona, Spain. So everyone, welcome Francesca Sorrentino. Hi, how are you? Hi, welcome, hi Francesca. everyone. Welcome Francesca, so happy to have you. Thank you yes. for having me. We're oh. super, super excited to have you here. And here today with us, we have Alexis Biro, Loretta Mulberry and Hello. Lucy Alcaide and this, uh, joining us in this new episode. So how's everyone doing? Fantastic. Very excited. Thank you, Gloria. Okay. Yeah. So um, I want to take the first question. Sure, if go you ahead. Guys, don't mind, Francesca. What an introduction! So many cities, so many countries that you lived in, that you've worked in. Um, the first question, the first question that pops to my mind is: Has language ever been a barrier for you in all the roles, in all the places you've worked? Not really, I have to say. So I already knew my languages basically when I moved abroad, right. because I, I studied. So important. <laughs> I, I did study languages for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. Um, so when I moved away from Italy, I didn't really have to learn any language. I, I did struggle a bit at the beginning with German um, because I, I was, you know, I was trained to write and read I wasn't really trained to speak German. Right. That was a bit hard, and I'm still not super confident in German. But um, I never had any particular issues, I would say. So, um, again, so many cities, so many countries. Language, check. Now, <laughs> hobbies, uh, customs, anything that you took with you from any of those places? Well, I, I lived in Germany for a long time. So at least, you know, in my short life, I was there for seven years. And I, I you know, it did change me a bit because mm -hmm. you come from the south of Europe and you move to Germany and you have to get used to many different uh -huh. things. And I have become very punctual. So... <laughs> German like punctuality. Not sure why. I mean, I'm almost never late, and I also got really organized. But that's also because I worked as a project manager for a mm -hmm. long time. Right. I like to think that Germany was um, Germany was had a big part in it. Well, thank you, then, Francesca. Thank. In in Spain, I 
hit something that was totally unexpected and I became a morning person, oh. which is totally unusual <laughs> here. <laughs> Nothing really happens before 10 a.m. But uh, I, I wake up almost every day at 6 a.m. And uh, I, I like to live the old lady life, as I call it. <laughs> you are you and your world. <laughs> I the love it. I love it. No, but I'm I'm getting there too. I mean, I think that you arrive to a a portion of your life where you become a morning person. You you cherish the, the, those hours alone, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have so many things to do. It's like right. you need to find spaces to do you. You know, to pick up hobbies, to walk around the city, to read a book even because exactly. for me I try to wake up pretty early to do stuff that I are not work related you know yeah although I, I have uh, clients in China now so they tend to get into my morning routines but <laughs> oh yeah those time yeah. zones are always gonna throw you for a loop <laughs> well I actually, I have one too, speaking of your organization skills, they definitely would have come in handy here. Um, I see that you've worked quite a lot with translation and localization budget management throughout the years. So what would you say is the biggest variable in predicting and maintaining a budget for a large scale project? Mm, that feels like, I don't know, like an interview question. Um, <laughs> I think the, like, wow. but the work interview question, not a fun <laughs> interview like we're doing. Um, I'll make it fun later, I promise. <laughs> I think the I think the most important thing is you want to get your resources right in terms mm -hmm. of number of resources. So you, you don't want to have surprises there because that's going to be a problem for your for your budget if you don't have enough resources and um, a problem also for for your timeline. So you, you want to make sure that in all places, uh, translation, uh, project management, QA, you have the right amount of resource. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not a super numbers oriented person, so it makes sense to think of it as resources and not just numbers on a page. Thank you. So Francesca, um, back in 2011, which feels like a lifetime ago, you were a translator for the Battlestar Galactica online game into Italian. I personally love the 2004 reboot, and I'm wondering how close you normally get as a translator to the source material and when a game is based off an existing story. And would you binge all of Battlestar Galactica, which is a lot, or is that excessive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, that varies a lot, depending on you know which company you're working for and the kind of budget you have or the kind of timelines you have. In that particular case with Battlestar Galactica, I, so what we did, we watched everything that was available online for free. And I think mm -hmm. it was probably two seasons uh, mm -hmm. back then. I remember us trying to order some DVDs. I can't remember what happened with that. I think we probably didn't get them because we were like probably 10 languages and it would have been a bit of an expense. Um, right. What I remember, but, but we didn't get a lot of material, you know, directly from, let's say, the creators of uh, Battlestar Galactica or the whole oh. of the franchise. We we had to do the, the work on on our end to to get the reference material. 
what I remember was really fun and really weird at the same time was that we would be sitting at the office uh, like this and watching TV, like watching the show <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of typing. So that, that was, a, that was a bit weird. That felt really, you know, we're doing something wrong and, and forbidden. <laughs> So say we all days work. <laughs> exactly. You know, right. that's the kind of thing that, you know, when you tell to your parents, they still don't believe I'm actually working. And they're like, yeah, you're always yeah. on holiday. Yeah, it's crazy that whenever I say to my friends or to my family, I have to try this new game for my work. And it's like, are you kidding? <laughs> I need to do that too. <laughs> some of them like work. are super, yeah, they, some of them are super excited and some others don't, don't understand it. <laughs> so I, I have another question and it's related also to, to your experience because I know that you've been around for uh, quite a long time now in the, in the localization industry uh, and in the video game industry as well. So is there anything that has changed since you started working in, in this industry? Um, that's based on my very personal experience. Um, sure. I've, you know, I've been around for what feels like a long time, but the localization industry started probably, I don't know, 15 years before I started. Um, I think it feels like there are more processes now and, and more rules more standardization so um at the beginning we i don't know companies wouldn't have their own cat tool for example mm -hmm. um or they would still be trying to develop their own cat tool instead of oh, yeah. buying something off the market and, and now there are so many tools on the market and there are they are so customizable it doesn't really make sense to develop your own Yeah, makes sense. And is there any cat tool that you prefer using? <laughs> I'm an old lady. So <laughs> already, oh, please. I mean, we, we all have. Already, no, we've already established that. So the I think the tool that works best right now for video games is MamoQ. But yes. I started yeah. with MamoQ um, <laughs> just a couple of years ago, three years ago. So my tool has always been Stratus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the tool I, I use. You know, I, I know how to use. And when I have to play around, um, it's, it's, it's my tool. And everything um, Stratus related. So, yeah, it's not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I think like everyone, I'm speaking for myself here too, but I also started with Stratus and Once I started working with MemoQ, it was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it. It makes sense that everyone is loving this tool, but I have fond memories of Trados as well. <laughs> I always say I'm an SDS girl. <laughs> <laughs> When you know, well, you know. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, for me too, in school, Trados is the first one that you start hearing about in theory, and then it's the first one we started playing around with in the lab. And then eventually we started doing the rest and you get into memo queue and some of these other ones and you think these might be a little less intimidating actually, <laughs> but they are all absolutely great. Um, Trotto's definitely being the first one most people look at. So I have a slightly different question. I swear it's less interviewee than my first one. <laughs> okay, um, you can hit me with 
as many questions as you want. Keeping you on your toes. Uh, so you have so much experience working in different countries and with different languages, which doesn't just make you like super cool and enviable in my eyes, but it also makes you a really valuable member of any international team. So how important is it to learn about other cultures that are outside of your specific language pairs in order to work with these team members and clients from, from other countries all over the world? I think it's very important, um, especially when you are a project manager or a team manager. And it's very important in order to manage expectations, first of all, um, take some of the pressure off and, and prevent uh, conflicts. So there are, and I think it's an industry-wide thing. So there, there are many misunderstandings and many conflicts that happen just because we don't know things, not because we're bad for people or uh, we want to harm someone else. It's just, we don't know. And it's, it's really important to understand, for example, how Japanese people work, which is, you know, it's probably the most different thing that I can think of compared to what we do here um, in Europe. And, um, and yeah, have an understanding of culture means that, you know, there are things that you can't really control in a way that you would control uh, a project when, when you are a project manager. So for me, it has been super important. And it has been important for me as a manager to actually make an effort and show that I had an understanding for, for their different cultures. Makes a lot of sense. And so how many yeah. languages do you actually speak? Because I've seen quite a few language pairs listed on your various sources. Well, I, I speak, Italian is my first language. Sure. So I, I was right. born in, in Italy and I studied there. Um, I speak English, Spanish, and German. And over the years, I had various other attempts and at learning more languages. So one of them was Japanese, uh, Portuguese, French, oh my but <laughs> they're, they're, they're oh. still there, uh, just started, didn't um, continue with them. Oh, you were just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we do over here in Europe. Every country is so tiny, you have to, you have to learn your neighbor's country. Mm -hmm. Language. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. <clears throat> I, I I'm not sure if everyone like studied all of the languages that you did, but it makes total sense. Of yeah. course. Yeah, you still need to get some credit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that all Europeans. <laughs> to be honest, but um, Francesca, we already established that you have so much experience at your young age. So what's your advice? I mean, if you had an advice to someone who is starting in video game localization, we talked about, I don't know, uh, programs or how was it when you started? Uh, someone wants to start now. What would your advice be? Um, my advice would be not to get stuck in a role or be looking for okay. just one kind of job. I think the easiest way in so far has been as a translator mm -hmm. but um, there are so many translators right now and it's becoming so competitive so you might 
want to try to go in from a different kind of, of door. So as a tester, obviously, um, right. in most cases, you don't even need specific qualifications to, to work as a, as a tester. Um, as a project manager, for me, it is the most interesting um, way to, to start. Not well, not way to start because um, it can be harsh to start as a project manager if you haven't done translation or testing before because you don't really understand all, all the processes or, or what happens really with the content. But as a project manager, I think it's where you have the most chances to grow into other roles. Right. And I think it's also very interesting to, if you have a technical profile, um, mm -hmm. if you're an engineer or you, you know, you, you have studied something that is not necessarily languages, it's also, um, it's also a way to, to get in because there's a lot of technical work and engineering work that is done also on a, on a localization level. Right. Now, on that same note, someone who is starting, someone who doesn't have to like just stay on one role and everything um which side it's best more fun whatever working with an lsp or with a client uh, the client side or the lsp side of of the industry hmm. i might be putting you between a rock and a hard place right now <laughs> i understand <laughs> Well, I've, I've been asked this question um, a lot, especially because I went from clients to LSP and mm -hmm. it's something right. that not many people it's would kind like of to do. Unusual. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it normally it, goes the other way around, right? It, it, it is. But I think they're both fun in, in different ways. Um, so on the LSP side, there is so much more that is happening and you get to deal with so many different clients and so many different realities. So you, it's fun that way and you grow faster because you're exposed to so many different things and you have to solve problems uh, faster and um, in, a more, in a more efficient way. On the client side, it's fun because you get all the perks. <laughs> and... <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's it's a bit more relaxed. Not that it's not stressful, mm -hmm. because of course when you're right. in crunch time and you have to ship a game, it gets stressful. But at least you don't have you don't have the feeling that there are so many competitors and that you have to, you know, and that you have to deal with that. When you are in on the client side, it's just you and everyone is part of the same team. Right. And you don't really realize what is happening outside and you don't really compete with the rest of the companies if you are in the localization department right well thank you francesca it makes a lot of sense what <laughs> and i think that you already had that that reply down <laughs> like like you said you might have had this question before so very diplomatic thank. yes very diplomatic very. you really handled that one perfectly that's that's really what i think and You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucio, I think that you have something on your mind. Yes, another question for you, Francesca. Um, we all love something about our jobs, and that usually helps us go through the most stressful situations. 
I personally love getting to work with professionals from all over the world. And if there's a chance, be acquainted with the ones I contact every day and which in the global situation feels a bit more friendly and familiar. Um, what do you enjoy the most uh, of your job and why? Yeah, so for me, it's kind of the same. So I like it that I get to deal with people from all over the world and um, different profiles. And what I like, um, especially when, well, it happens in every job, really. I like it when I can learn from someone who is more senior. So I, I like it when I have to deal with, and, and this looks it probably sounds weird and very nerdy, but I like it when I have to deal with, you know, with senior management and, um, you know, and uh, challenging clients. And I really like it at Game Global, for example, where I have to mm -hmm. um, interact with the advisory board. And they are all senior managers of different companies, both clients and LSP side. And for me, it's like, it's just amazing that I get to talk to them and they have time for me and they can solve my doubts and I can learn from them every day. Thank you. That was an excellent reply, by the way. <laughs> we so diplomatic. That's what happens when you go to the, to the LSP side. <laughs> right, yes. That's the experience talking. <laughs> I have another question for you, if you don't mind. So we know that you're an expert on sport video game localization since you work at Electronic Arts, but could you tell us more about your experience in that field? Have you ever experienced any challenges for being a woman in that particular industry since we all know what's going on around esports lately? And uh, we wanted to, to know what was your experience from, from that yeah. industry, you know? Well, uh, so I'm going to start from the bottom that the, sure. the easy answer. So I, it was never a challenge for me, you know, being a woman um, in that in that industry. I, I think I'm probably lucky and um, I understand that, you know, other women have had different experiences, but um, so for me, being a woman would even make it easier in some aspects because you kind of get a free pass on one of your things when you're like, look, I don't understand this. Can you please explain it to me? And it's, and people would always really, they were very, very helpful and they would, you know, they would solve all, all my doubts. Mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it's, it's challenging. It was challenging for me to start uh, with, with sports games because they had, they have a different set of assets basically and a different sets of rules that, that you have to follow. Um, there's a lot more that you have to pay attention to in terms of uh, rights and you know real life things because the players are actually people and they're and they have contracts and you know there are rights and and copyrights on everything so that was that was interesting and for me the the biggest challenge at the beginning was um the audio part so the oh wow you know, the audio localization um mm -hmm. because that was completely different from what i had known before and uh when you when you do fifa for example and 
similar games, also not football related. There, there's a lot of ad-libbing. Um, so there is no script to actually be translated and translators have to create uh, their own lines from, from scratch. And uh, that took me a bit to really understand in order to be able to manage the translation part of it or, or the transcreation part of it. And that would actually be the part where I will have the most questions and I would be like, I really need to understand all the details of this. Uh, please, 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 please explain this to me. And I would talk to um, audio engineers and uh, the producers of, of the game to, you know, to get all the information I needed. And that's what I mainly love about our industry, even though, yes, there are some stories that are sketchy and there are many things that I would personally love to change, but still it's like a big community and everyone is so willing to share their knowledge and they are super helpful and try to, for you to understand because they, they are very conscious that they went through the same process and it's a learning curve and it's really nice to, to hear that experience. Yeah. And I believe Ale, you have the last question. And then we're yeah. going to go to the fun Let, part. <laughs> let's end with a high note here. Um, you have a masterclass. Mm, yes. A localization masterclass, nonetheless. Um, by the way, we will be taking our seats at your masterclass. But nice. what can you tell us about it? Um, are there any requirements to be a part of this localization masterclass for our audience? and for any future classes that you might have? Right, so the localization masterclass, the game localization masterclass was something that mm -hmm. the, the localization institute had been wanting to do for a long time. And um, I was really happy when they offered it to me. Uh, it's, uh, it's a really, you know, it's a really nice thing for me that also, you know, to see my achievements recognized oh, yeah. that way. Right. Um, I think there, so there are really no specific requirements in order to attend, but what I would like to say is that we're not going to go through the basics of localization or translation for, for video games. So I think it's better if, you know, you start with some sort of knowledge about it. Mm -hmm. Um, right. and I think the main, um, audience that I have in mind is more sort of project management level. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people who have worked at least on localization before, or people who have worked on video games before, and not on video game localization. Um, so you, you, I think it's better if you have some, some knowledge of it, because we're not going to go through the basics. Through the basics, right. Amazing. And how long has it, did it take you to plan the whole um, master class. I bet it was hard work, wasn't it? It is, and I'm still in the process. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a month from now, right? Exactly. So I started in in August uh, wow. planning for it, and um, yeah, so the the content is there, and um, I know what everything is going to be about. But of course, I need to. <laughs> 
prepare the presentation, polish it, and I'm also keeping an eye on, uh, you know, who the attendees are and mm -hmm. what kind of questions they have. So maybe there are some topics that uh, can still be added if, if I see that they're particularly interesting for, for the attendees. Oh, yeah. Well, we recommend everyone listening and watching this show to go and check out the masterclass because it's going to be in the 23rd of November. Correct me it's, if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, we're starting on 23rd and, and four classes. Wonderful. So um, the Localization Institute, you can Google that information and we will leave uh, all the details of Francesca in the comments in case you want to check that out. But we're super excited. Yes. Oh, somewhere over there. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, everyone should check it out because she's amazing. She has all this knowledge and she's actually sharing it with everyone through the Localization Institute. So we yeah. really, really recommend it. So now we're going to go to the fun part, if you don't mind. Yes, I know that we ask you for some homework. Thank you so much for taking the time to send us this picture. And in this section, we usually start with memes. But since we know that you're a pet lover, <laughs> we wanted to learn a bit more about your fluffy friends. So who is this? Right, so this is one of my parents' dogs um, mm -hmm. living in Tuscany, living a very nice life in Italy. Um, I, I love her because she's so fluffy and she's so sweet. And um, she always knows when she when someone is taking a picture of her and she's posing in <laughs> front God. of the camera. <laughs> yes, and we have proof of that because check this out. Oh my God. Oh my Come God. On. <laughs> she was reading. She, oh, of yes, course. she's all the intellectual girl. Very nerdy I mean, chic. Look at the paws. I mean, yeah. It's like, right. it's, she's yes. unbelievable. She's just like little bear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's super cute. I bet you miss her. Yeah, that's oh, the reason and... why I go home every now and then. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> My parents don't like to hear that. Move over, mom and dad. <laughs> all about the pets, right? So what's going on here? A little this bit of violence. boxing? <laughs> yes, so this is the cat bullying uh, the big dog. And, Look at the size and, of the dog. Like. Exactly. So the dog is quite big, but he's, he's, he's like a scaredy cat. And so he's the kind of dog who gets scared when he barks too much. So it's, yeah, Gosh. he's also very, very cute and he's such a good boy. And the cat, the cat is, is a troublemaker. He's, like, oh. he's, he's so cheeky. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's punching the big dog. That's, and he knows he's, like, yes. like, he's got the power in there. Like, of course. He won't do anything to him. Oh, They're course. so cute. And also he has a little oh. door that he can run away through. So it, oh, you, know, yeah. you don't need to open the door for him. He has the little, I don't know what, what you call it in English. So He's an independent whenever, Yeah, walk through exactly. that door whenever something like that. Whenever he gets in, in trouble, he can just run away. <laughs> She's smart cat. Gets, I love gets away with murder, right? 
<laughs> so now we're, we're going to go through some of your favorite memes mm -hmm. because yes, we always like to end in a high note and, and with a laugh together. So this one, of course, you had <laughs> us at Will Ferrell, of course. <laughs> Curly-haired Will Ferrell, nonetheless. That's a classic yes, look. there's like <laughs> yes. something with curls. We started um, with the fluffiness, and we're still continuing okay, we're, we're with still it. It's just the vibe of the day is fluffy. Oh yeah, apparently. <laughs> I love this one. Well, oh my. God. <laughs> yeah, this Do you... one. Yeah, go ahead. My, my sister sent it to me a couple of months ago. So the story behind here is that. Um, I'm a, I'm a trained yoga teacher as well. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because you have so much time in your hands. And you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there anything wow. you don't do, Francesca? <laughs> wow, you're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> well, I, I think yoga is important. Oh, yeah. If, if you want to keep saying, you know, like, Mm. with all the stress that we go through even when we're locked at home mm -hmm. uh, I think yoga is a, is a good way to to deal with it and sure. um, Jägermeister was the old way <laughs> <laughs> My old how way you would of, bend over dealing with it when, when I was in Germany <laughs> I've never had Jägermeister guys never in my really? life really I'm not a big fan am I missing out or no in hindsight don't go there like <laughs> yeah I, I, you're too old I'm to gonna go, go with for yoga. a yes. and how many times a week do you practice or do you get a chance to practice every single day uh, I try at least two or three times a week um, uh -huh. especially when you're a teacher you're supposed to do it every day yeah. <laughs> it's it's not always possible yeah that, and that's why I'm asking because I know that you're super busy and still you get to manage to do yoga and like that's amazing <laughs> hurry up rush and then calm down and be super chill while you do your yoga <laughs> <laughs> and this one we're going to need a translator um I actually yes please <laughs> <laughs> this is not actually a meme it, it's a real you know ad advertising um, wow advertising that um i saw in when i was living in germany so astra mm -hmm. is isn't is a well-known beer brand uh in hamburg so in the north of of germany mm -hmm. so uh -huh. what it says is uh astra now also for windows <laughs> <laughs> Right. The German <laughs> lifestyle. Absolutely, like, you know, I'm not as much a game geek. I'm more uh -huh. of a language geek. And right. when I come across something like this or photosynthesis, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yes. you know, I'm laughing so hard. And it's so silly, but that's oh, we'll allow that's it. Me. Yeah, whatever makes you laugh. I mean, we we also are language geeks, so we appreciate the gesture because we know yes, that course. many of our guests are not going to be as language geeks as we are so <laughs> thank you for this <laughs> and another one <laughs> I, I like, love this one just watched this episode very recently too and was dying laughing so this is perfect <laughs> but, um i mean about oh. the simpsons yeah uh, 
is it everywhere in the world that you have this one channel that just binges the Simpsons? Like you yeah. put on that channel and you have the Simpsons. I mean, in Argentina, we have this. In the US, probably. But Francesca, do you have somewhere like a go-to channel or do you go to, to the internet for your Simpson fix? I, I, I do use the internet now. I haven't owned a TV in, in a very long time. Same here. Like, Same. What? Go girl. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only Same person here. who's totally addicted to TV in this group. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally haven't had a TV in a long time too. Like it's going to be almost three years now. And I miss yeah. it when playing games because, I mean, I know that whenever we're back to normal and if I want to have some of my friends over and play games on my couch, I'm going to need a big television in front of us mm. because the, the screen won't cut it. But for now, I mean, I don't miss it at all. Yeah. You guys are <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Thank you for joining us because we really, I mean, I personally enjoy this interview a lot. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure about you guys, but I'm sure that you feel the same. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you so much. Francesca, you're amazing. I mean, Thank I didn't you. know that. Thank I didn't know that you me. were a yoga master. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we learned we learned a lot today, actually. Uh -huh. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's have another interview next week, so you can tell me again how amazing I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get whenever you lot. need it, girl. Whenever you need a pick me up, we're here to uh, cheer you. <laughs> Serving ego boosts anytime. Yeah. Amazing. Anytime. <laughs> well, thank well, you so thank much you for your time. And well, stay safe. I hope that you enjoy the warm weather over there in Barcelona and yeah. hope to, to see you at the masterclass or at pretty much any other event happening uh, over the internet and hopefully <laughs> see you soon in person. In person, yes. The, the yeah. place where I usually meet Flori is in, in Cologne, yeah. Germany. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we've met uh, a couple of times um, now uh, over the years, over Gamescom, over GDC and Game Connection. So I really miss that. So I hope I can see you again soon, Francesca. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you Thank so you, much. Take care. Nice Take care. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Have a nice bye -bye. weekend. Bye -bye.